All right, Sam, we are in it. We are Uncommon Council. I'm one of your hosts, Ben Seidensticker. I already revealed the other host, Sam West. Not surprising anyone with that. Yes. Yeah. I gave you away there. I know you've been really trying to hide lately. We've got a very secure uh, blanket fort, uh, just dampening our audio at the moment. Yeah, it's it's pretty incredible construction. I give it a 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10. Great. It only fell once, which is how you just prove that you are making a blanket fort. We weren't in the room, so it was probably the cat. Probably our other co-hosts contributing to that one. That's definitely it. Well, uh, Sam, we have uh, quite the agenda today because it seems the Common Council, they had a 13-hour meeting. Is that right? It felt like that. Yeah, so... so for something. Some, from some context, Ben, um, there is a tweet a reporter informed people that this Common Council was going to run late. Uh-huh. And I was I was kind of sick with the stomach flu mm. um, during the Common Council meeting. Yeah. So at about 1.30 a.m., I woke up and... <laughs> Slung on the couch for a bit, and I was like, I wonder if it's still going on. And sure enough, they were still talking. <laughs> still <laughs> at it. Until four. I do remember them referencing 1 a.m. many times. Uh, for, for hours, they're referencing 1 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. You're right. It was not 13 hours. It must have been, I think, nine and a half. Is that, I don't know where I got my other numbers from, but it was a long meeting. And so we have a lot of items from that. Uh, so, We'll probably just go ahead and get rolling with the agenda here today. The first thing I wanted to do, Sam, was just check in on some of our principles. This is not something I warned you about, but these are things we wanted to bring to the podcast. Uncommon Council, we are a podcast about the Madison Common Council meetings, digesting those meetings, helping people understand them, helping ourselves understand them, and trying to be entertaining in the process. Uh, Some of our principles... We're going to embrace admitting ignorance. That's the first one. Let's see. Scoring ourselves. Do you think we're doing that, Sam? I maybe not to the extent we should be. Ah, okay. Uh, I I think we, um, I don't know. I don't think we're explaining things that we don't understand, but just there's a lot of cover content, content covered, which beyond our knowledge (laughs) that seems fair yeah that relates to another they're really the second principle of trying to operate at the boundary of our capability which i do feel that we've been doing i i think the the motivation to admit ignorance is i I, i'm definitely it's a problem with me i don't naturally do it but i know how important it is but it motivates me to just learn about things if instead of (laughs) being unknowledgeable about something try and read up on it and figure out what's going on yeah yeah, I definitely try to look at the history within some of these topics, but mm-hmm. often there's you get to a point where what is the best way to design a street? <laughs> yeah, I bet that's a professional's uh, decision to make. Yeah, probably get a four-year degree program mm-hmm. and still not know all that. Right, and still have to get some experience or talk to somebody who knows better, or talk to the people who live there. Yeah. Uh, our third principle, empowering people. How are we doing on that, Sam? How do you feel? We're not disempowering people. <laughs> you know, I had the same thought when I was going through the answers here. I was like, well, we're not, they're not having less power. But 
which is probably a sign that we could be doing more. So that's something to keep our eyes out for and our ears and our toes out for chances to empower people. All the senses. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, what are the different ways through this podcast we could be empowering people? I, I think letting people know that things are happening is the main way. Yeah, I think that's a good thing. Trying to condense a nine-hour meeting into right an hour. It's not, not the worst thing. Try to explain that. Yeah, if we can provide that value. So the longer they have their meetings, the more valuable we are. So good on them. Another principle we have, assuming good intent. Uh, I, instead of making you go first, I'll go first this time. I think I've... This one's gotten harder over time. The better I feel like I know these people, the harder it is to come at it with just, you know, virgin ears. Yeah, that, that is definitely um, a challenge. You, once you hear someone multiple times and you kind of hear both sides of the argument, um, sometimes it is tough to not think of what agenda they might be pushing instead of, you know, the, the capital T truth, as they say. Yeah, yeah. Well, like, so in that sense, you mean getting beyond even what they're saying, like what should be done or the reality is or sometimes just adding in facts or, or I mean, sometimes adding in true issues mm -hmm. um, that don't necessarily apply to that current situation. Okay. Um, ah, so they're, they're kind of like speaking from their experience, but maybe that doesn't have bearing on the the current policy or the current yeah. city or the question at hand. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. I feel like I noticed that occasionally. Sometimes people are just sharing things that happened, even though they weren't quite related. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'll, that's something I'll want to keep doing better at myself. And then the final one, never punching down. We wanted this to be entertaining. We don't want to be making fun of anybody who doesn't have power, basically. I think we've done a pretty good job of that. Yeah. Um, I don't think we're really, we haven't, we haven't thrown too many hard punches. I think most of our jokes are in good taste. Yeah. We edited out all of my baby jokes, uh, making fun of, of, and making fun of children. So as long as we keep editing that out, I think we'll be good. Yeah. That's the, the great thing about the edit functionality. Yeah. That we yeah. haven't learned how to use. Right. So as long as we keep doing that, we're, we're going to score very well. Yes. Um, cool. Well, uh, other things that have happened since the last Common Council meeting, there were spring elections, Sam, believe it or not. I, uh, I, I, I broke my streak, Ben. You, you, you broke your streak? Yeah. I voted in every election in probably eight years. And this spring election, I just... All right. And you're, you're counting like spring elections too, you know, so for your streak. So that's a pretty good streak. And primaries. Yeah, I had a, a yeah. good streak going. Well, I'm glad you were humbled, Sam. It's new motivation for you. I only, I think I only had one contested race and I was pretty confident who was going to win. So. I, I think we had the similar barely contested race. Yes. Yeah. But I, I did get a chance to vote and got some practice going out there. I'm at a new place. I timed it. It was eight minutes door to door to leave, like turnkey in my door, go vote and get back. But I, I think that is a pretty good thing about Madison. Like, mm -hmm. I, I feel like in all the places I've lived, the door to door time to vote has been incredibly short. Yeah. Uh, which 
We'll say that's my excuse. I now have to walk a whole mile. Whoa. To vote. Yeah, no, yeah. Not just five minutes. Well, good on you for walking, though. So I like that. Um, but yeah, I, I that was good. They happened. So people could be aware that they happened. And feel free to vote in elections where you're not seeing large stakes. It can keep you engaged. And then you're more likely to be able to find your polling place easier the next time. Just helps to do it. Um, the other thing that happened, our Uncommon Council team did an Earth Day cleanup at Penn Park. We did. Um, we had a picture to prove it, so it did happen. Oh, yeah, we need oh. to get that picture. Oh, and we saw Alder Benford there. We did see Alder Benford, yeah. Uh, he was just candid, helping out with, I think, a public program for young kids, right? Just yeah, like a little bit of celebrity shock. I, I know. I yeah. didn't go up and say hi. I was just uh, sputtering for words. We really should have a, a pitch ready to go, how to introduce ourselves. We should get business cards <laughs> and uh, have a, just a little elevator pitch on who we are, what we're doing, um, you know, why we're making fun of them, that kind of thing. Yeah. We yeah. usually talk highly of older Benford. Last episode, we explicitly called him out as a good older. Well, for his Darth Vader action figure and plants, right? Those are, those are two of the qualities. Two of his strongest qualities. So, uh, but I, I will say he, he came up several times in this marathon meeting. Just, again, exemplifying traits that I admire. Just being very measured, coming at things from a very different angle. I don't feel like I can predict his perspective, usually. Oh, I I always know his perspective. And it's, it's um, he's so good at asking questions and being thoughtful and really... You know, being this this friendly figure, in the entire time, I'm like, I know how you voted on this issue before. You're, <laughs> you're not voting for this. But he's just so calm and collected and appreciates everyone's contribution to the discussion. It's, it's like he's trying to mentor the entire, all the newbies on the Common Council. Yeah. Teach them how to ask questions, but then he's still going to do what he wants to do. Yeah. Yeah. I can respect that. Absolutely. Uh, all right, and a new segment for today, Sam. Uh, this is our Common Council mood. I think I've been taking notes and realizing that there is a strong Common Council mood very often, but this is the first time I'm making it a segment. So this one's from Alder Bennett. Uh, the mood is, my email is a hellfire of a million and one emails. Yeah, that was, Alder Bennett had a few <laughs> good quotes. I, I think the other thing to call out about Alder ben, or Bennett was, this was her flu meeting. Oh, yeah. She commented at like 3 a.m. Sorry, I've got the flu. It's terrible. <laughs> the most difficult meeting with the flu. Nine hours. With so, an email hellfire. So, uh, yeah, we'll give, we'll give Alder Bennett a shout out. That was a... Uh, yeah. I that it, It's a mood, definitely, when your inbox is a hellfire. When your inbox has Buffy the Vampire Slayer running around in it, that's a mood. All right. Um, we've got honoring resolutions. Um, so April is Hmong Heritage Month. Did I get that right? Yep. Um, okay. Hmong. Yep. Hmong. Okay. Gotcha. Um, and then, uh, so that was one of the resolutions. Uh, the United Way of Madison celebrating a hundred years. Pretty cool. Um, civil engineer Rob Phillips retired. They gave him a lot of praise. They was... gave him tons of praise. And he seemed to have a very graceful thanking of other people. Congratulating the mayor. It was like a most difficult time to be mayor in decades. 
and he listed tons of people on his staff who contributed. That's very cool. Yeah, he. Uh, the only thing I found unfortunate about it was they said we've got a lot of things in our agenda, so let's go through this quickly. But people really took their time for him, so I think that lasted. Yeah, they did their similar amount of, well, here's a list of things I accomplished alongside Roth Phillips. Yeah, so he, he's got to get his roses, even, even though. Yeah, well, it felt like everybody was getting their roses, just if they were adjacent to him when they accomplished something. <laughs> uh, and, but it sounded like he was very helpful, specifically in the, in, with leadership during all the flooding. Yep. That's, that was very cool. And then, uh, yeah, I was very curious when Alder McKinney brought up uh, the Jeffy Trail controversy. That was something that had eluded me. Do you remember that? I could not figure out what Jeffy Trail was. One of the reasons this was very difficult is that there was a, uh, like, some kind of, ser- like, very well-publicized murder event that involved somebody named Jeffrey Trail and somebody named Madsen. So if you try and figure out Jeffy Trail Madison you were going to just get that articles about that well-publicized murder. But I had to do a lot of sleuthing. But I found an Isthmus article eventually. That was my angle in there. Uh, to The Jeffy Trail was like this nature trail that was connecting two sort of dead-end roads, or one, one dead-end road with a main thoroughfare. And there was a proposal from the Common Council for a long time to get that connected and actually just, I don't know, they were going to spend half a million dollars, like just connect that up and... Their justification was to get faster emergency response times, but uh, that is, it was just pushed, got so much pushback from the local residents. Yeah. Really reminded me of the Lake Mendota stuff that came up later today. (laughs) Yeah, that was, we'll we'll, we'll get to that. Yeah. Nice little tease. So I think, yeah, Alder McKinney was probably having some flashbacks to that. Um, other honoring resolutions. These went on for quite a while. There was quite a bit to, to go over. Uh, 10th anniversary of Black Women's Wellness Group in Madison. That was that was cool. That was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's amazing. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of getting on how long I've been in Madison now. Uh, getting kind of close to that. Uh, and then the 50th outdoor market season. So this includes the farmer's market. Yes. This, this program. Yeah, I was... Um, I was going to go to the farmer's market this weekend, but it was just too cold. We need a warm day. Yeah, it was not the best day. Let me, let me know. We'll, uh, we'll, uh, definitely check that out. Let us know in the comments if you're going to the farmer's market. I went, I went to get my haircut on Saturday. Yeah. Can you do that at the farmer's market? No, no, no. But I, I went on state street. Okay. Um, and I made the mistake of parking on Mifflin street. Ah, so did you get like crowded in or just? It was the Mifflin Street block party was going on. Oh. So I got through right before they closed down the block. But then I had to kind of wade through college students to to actually get to my car. Ah, nice. Got a lot of heckles. Oh, really? Like you're going against the flow of traffic or they just know you're not a college student? I did not look like a college student. I had had my backpack. uh, Looked... Maybe a studious college student, but I was just... <laughs> you look like an uncool college student. Yeah, I brought my books with me, or a book with me so I could read while I was waiting. What are you studying at the block party? I know, yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, I think reading is cool, Sam. You keep doing it. Um, the other little tidbits that were interesting to me, I didn't know there's a Wednesday market on MLK Boulevard. I didn't know that either, actually. Yeah, they mentioned that there. So I'll have to explore that. 
I think Wednesday night market. I used to be a lot more into farmers markets. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's, it's shocking just how many there are in Madison. Yeah. Like there's ones on Monroe Street, which are great and quiet. Um, the farmers market has actually been open at Garver Feed Mill all winter. Okay. It's, it's really nice. I like, haven't been to that one. Yeah. So it's most a good number of days. There's a farmer's market. Nice. Go support well, your local local agriculture. Support them. Feel empowered. It started with five vendors. That was cool. I, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's just such a key attraction to Madison now. It's what my parents always want to do when they come on a Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's one of the more impressive things about Madison that really sets it apart. Just it being the single largest farmer's market, essentially. Yeah. Very cool. Okay. Well, now we get to, uh, let's see, host favorite segment, uh, wrong answers only. Okay, Sam. So today for wrong answers only, uh, we're going to talk about the ICAT program. All right. The ICAT program. So uh, do you care? Would you care to explain to me what the ICAT program is? Uh, the iCat program is kind of like Gigapets 2.0, but made by Apple. Oh, really? So it's the iCat. It's a little robotic cat you can have. You can bring it around with you. You can raise it, clean up its digital poop. It's really, really great. So yeah, it's just extra chores for you all the time? Yeah, I'd say it's a toy, but it's really more of like a companion for adults. Just who want that cat experience, but maybe have that cat allergy. Ah, oh, yeah, that seems really important. Uh, lots of people seem to have allergies. Uh, it's distressing when you have cats. Well, actually, Sam, that's not what an iCat program is. An iCat program is actually, uh, so when you, it's, it's what you call when you salute your captain on a pirate ship and they happen to be a cat. So you're just saying, iCat, and that's the program that you're in. So when you're captained by a cat. Oh, yes. And I'm not saying some kind of anthropomorphized cat person like wearing clothes and a hat and stuff like a cat is the captain and makes decisions and probably a lot of power devolves to you know kind of an anarchist collective of pirates which is probably the best group of people to form an anarchist collective Mm -hmm. but the actual leader is a cat actually ben uh cat is a way to i sometimes call my wife katie say oh my katie or i cat (laughs) yeah i cat e yes way of possessive i don't not but i don't want to be possessive here yeah yeah no you're we're not not, we don't want to do that but it's just no microphone sam yeah it's more of a way of just saying like oh katie but i just say i sometimes because i me my they're all the same i they those all do seem the same uh i would agree that they're related uh so we are going to answer the question of whether katie listens to the podcast now i think i know this is this is a this is the test uh actually sam the I, I catch program is really the ICAT program, which uh, is where you eat things that are icy. <laughs> so you, you icy ate them. Right. Yeah. That's what you do. You just ice food and then eat it. Actually makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. That, that absolutely. Because that's what it is. All right. Well, I, I probably have to, I think I'd like to give it to you for the uh, Apple iCat program, Sam, uh, today. I will read what is on the internet. This is what the internet says, if you believe the internet, about the iCat program. 
So this is actually brought up later on in the meeting to an item we'll get to later, but it is integrating communications, assessment, and tactics training. This is a program that Chief Barnes brought up in reference to an anecdote about bringing an unarmed person down with a dog instead yeah. of a firearm. But he referenced this program, and I was curious about what it was and did a little bit of research, or by a little bit, just was browsing Google Scholar, trying to find some articles, looking at the effectiveness of it. And yeah, it looked like it had some minor benefits for helping uh, officers with prioritization, interacting with individuals in crisis, and their confidence in a crisis situation, which I could see going both ways if you're too confident in a crisis situation. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the key thing is not to be nervous or uncertain or afraid. Those would probably be the worst. Don't hesitate? No, like... Oh, okay. Um, I think just fear is probably the worst if you're in a crisis situation and you have a firearm. Oh, okay, yeah, and if you have a firearm. I think, yeah, and this is, I should have said, I think this is specifically aimed at taking, like, dealing with situations where there's an unarmed individual or an individual experiencing a mental health crisis, and which I guess, yeah, it doesn't preclude the use of firearms, but I think the point is to avoid it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, good point. Like, yeah, if they're operating from fear, they're more likely to do something that they would regret later. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, yeah, that is the ICAT program and the conclusion of our wrong answers only uh, segment. Now we are getting into uh, a really exciting part of the meeting, the new president and vice president elections. So I'll kind of open it up to you, Sam, for your thoughts first on the president election. I So it was between Alder Furman and Alder Wachelier, mm-hmm. uh, two bitter rivals going after each other. I thought they've been on the opposite end of many issues in this past year. Right. Wachelier seems to identify closely with Alder Abbas, who was a previous president, like kind of seemed to form a bit of a block. Yeah, there's, I can't quite tell what the ideology of the two blocks is but there definitely is a split and it's 11 to 9 and Furman's on the 11 Ben who do you think won the presidency uh who do I think won? well you know who won yeah with the 11 to 9 split Furman won um he had a campaign which was mainly on trying to improve operational efficiency mm-hmm. I think that's really kind of his character he when he leads meetings, it's really more about trying to just do business and yeah. keep the agenda moving, which I think he's usually pretty good at that. Let's move to vote right now. <laughs> the other interesting thing about him is um, if you listen to some of his, he leads the T-Fogs committee. Mm-hmm. He, tree frogs? Yeah, tree frogs, yes. Yeah. He uh, has opinions on everything, but he doesn't share his opinions until the body has had discussion. And then he'll kind of provide it, which is... It seems like a reasonable leader approach. Yeah, some I, I, it's mixed because sometimes, like if you're the expert in it, sometimes it's best to kind of share the the background, the why behind things instead of saying, "Okay, now you go and do this." But yeah, instead of letting the children play first and then like coming in like you're the big adult. Yeah. Know? Okay. Well, here's how I would do it. So I, I, I mean, I think he tries to do a good job of that. I think he'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Wahilie was more focused on 
inclusivity, I thought was kind of her. And contrasting herself with Furman. Yeah. I think and emphasizing her empathy was uh, brought up several times. I was very excited to hear about her involvement with Second Harvest and Boys and Girls Club of Madison. She seems like she has a whole string of very good programs that she's been involved with. Her, yeah, if you look at her resume, it's actually pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, she's been involved with a lot of organizations in Madison. Absolutely. Um, and she wanted to transform the Common Council to be more collaborative. Again, I think that was just deliberately saying to contrast with Furman, who I think maybe to your point about him emphasizing efficiency is not always that interested in hearing from other people or doesn't come across that way. Yeah, it, it does play out interestingly sometimes. Like I think a boss's style, even though he's the former president. Yeah. But on the Wikilia block, he will often delay um, mm -hmm. any vote if there's any public opposition to it. Ah, yeah. Um, there, there's a big thing in within city government of you know, how do you get community engagement? And often it's just, just, it just takes time. Mm -hmm. So I think a boss is very much in the camp of if people are still com calling in, let's delay. Oh, and but they're Furman, always going to call in, Sam. Yeah. And Furman's in the, we've heard the same thing called in multiple times. Let's just move forward. Ooh. Yeah. We're in dangerous territory of me trying to assume good intent on the part of people though. I, that, I, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's how you govern. There's no perfect answer and it's, Picking one one side or one area to say this is enough community feedback. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And maybe they could learn from the ICAT program. They could uh, reflect afterwards to figure out what happened. Uh, that was something I learned is involved in that program. Uh, I, I mean, almost in, in all seriousness, now, like looking back at some of these things, like could we have learned or what can we learn from this Lake Mendota stuff that we'll talk about later and bring that into other things? Yeah. But yeah, again, recap, Furman 11.9. Um, I wrote down, accept cookies in all caps. So I think there were some security conscious alders who were not sure if they wanted to accept cookies, but they decided to at the end. Um, and then I think Alder, Alder Martin would have run, but I mean, it's a demanding job. And so she yeah. decided she couldn't run. So Furman kind of ran instead. Right. She seemed like a natural choice being vice president previously. Yep. All right. And then vice presidents, we had Alder Curry and Alder Miazzi running. Alder yep. Miazzi did not, did not seem to know that he was going to be nominated. It was uh, it came out of right field. Is that the saying? Uh, yeah. Could come out of right field, could come out of left field, uh, field, depending on whether you're right or left-handed, I assume. Yeah. He was surprised. I. It'd be really impressive if it came out of the, like, the audience. Do you remember any of his campaign promises? I, Alder Miazzi? I have one quoted. I thought it what, was... What is it? Yeah. I don't um, remember. He promised to stop these 2.30 a.m. meetings, and I think he short-sold himself because he could have stopped a 4 a.m. meeting. Yeah. Oh, wow. <laughs> See, I don't know... I just don't know how much power they have to do that. Um, and I, I feel like Alder Miazzi is also in the camp of, I'm going to take all the callers very seriously, which, you know, to his credit, like... That's kind of what people expect a lot of times. They want their alders to take each individual person's concern seriously. It's hard to make that realistic, but it's, it's not going to make fewer 4 a.m. meetings. He he did have, a, he was against time. I, I can't remember what happened. I think it was two meetings ago. 
Yeah. Oh, it was with the development in the mm-hmm. farm. Um, I think some community members called out that he wasn't inviting them to meetings and he did the cross examination. <sighs> oh yeah. He did the cross examination that was really just aimed at asking the question of, was I in the right here? Can you <laughs> just please state for the, everybody in the crowd that I was in the right and it was not pertinent to the decision. Like you were bringing up earlier. It wasn't pertinent anymore to the decision at hand. So. But it yeah, would be. Curry won, so Curry's Curry won. 12-8. So a little bit more of a, a gap there. And she had a focus on, I wrote down, improving infrastructure and processes for onboarding, which I think overlapped with some of Furman's points. He wanted to make more resources for people for new alders. Yeah, I have to imagine they had a rough onboarding, and maybe this was in part doing it virtually and in the pandemic, but a lot yeah, of the newer alders were didn't feel supported is what I my takeaway. Absolutely. Uh, Well, we are being berated by some of our co-hosts. So we're going to be taking a break and we'll be right back in a second. And we are back with Uncommon Council. I'm one of your hosts, Ben, here with Sam. Still sipping on. Oh, we didn't do uh, what are we drinking? Uh, What are we drinking, Sam? Well, it's evening, so we couldn't do coffee. We had to we, doing tea. we could have done coffee if we weren't cowards. True. That was the key. Yeah. But because we are cowards, we're doing tea. So thank you for making the tea. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for affirming my tea choices. That's very valuable to me. Well, Sam, we're going to hop into the regular agenda for the meeting. This took up, I don't know, more than half the time of the 9.5 hours. The first item that I was going to bring up for tonight Item 25, virtual meetings. Hey, this is like one where we have a stake in it, I feel. Yeah, we uh, could go. We could go if we they did take, in-person meetings. We, we could, could be take, physically present. Yeah. We could take notes. We could go, take notes, bring our own coffee, camp out, listening on signs. The, listening on YouTube or watching on YouTube. Much, well, much faster. Much faster when i can listen to it on 1.5 speed i'll be like why are they talking so slowly yeah so yeah they decided to continue virtual meetings yeah there's a little bit of opposition yeah i saw alders halverson abbas wahelier and carter yeah i can't tell why? if they want in-person meetings or if they want permanent virtual i suspect oh, they want in person but yeah that's um, true yeah there's there no discussion just kind of a a vote. Yeah. They'll continue to be virtual. Continue to be virtual through May. So there you go. If you're interested in continuing to watch, you can do that. Uh, let's see. Next item. Item 93, resource recovery special charge. This one caught a little flack from some registrants. Ben, you work more in finances than me. Ah, yes. Okay. So I admit, I, I watched the slides uh-huh. and I... It was a little over my head. Was it? Yeah. I, I thought those were very fun and very informative. Um, let's see. Things that stood out to me. Um, let's see. The, I, I think the bottom line cost is helpful for just context. Yeah, we don't want to add costs forever, but it looks to come out to about $4 per consumer per month, which is not every resident of Madison. Don't know exactly how they're doing that. I think it, it gets clustered together from and the... The cost is specifically for recycling. For recycling, yes, I should have said. 
Re- resource recovery special charge is the euphemism for it's a recycling charge. Yeah. This is what it costs you to recycle stuff. Yeah, it was it, it was presented in an odd way where it seemed like the reason they were presenting or doing it was to add to the budget to help supplement the budget. Oh, right. And one of the registrants came away with that idea of like, is this a way of just shoehorning in extra charges to people instead of a dedicated charge to pay for recycling, which yeah. is what it is. And the way we get most of our taxes or most of our revenues through property taxes, and they've already raised that to about their maximum that they can. There's a state limit on how much you can raise property taxes per year. So Gotcha. So it seemed like they were like, we need to find another source of income. <laughs> yeah. And this is a thing they can do. Yeah. Um, and I, I guess, yeah, the other elements of it that were maybe more financey. So the that $4 per month per consumer, that's going to raise about $3 million is what they're projecting. And that the total costs were going to be $3 million per year. So I think they'd start it halfway through the year. So they'd get $1.5 million for this remainder of this year. Uh, and then their budget was about $3.3 million. So it would cover almost their whole budget. I think it was a bit of a surprise to some registrants that recycling is, you know, has a cost to it basically that it's (laughs) that it's not just like well i gave you stuff it must be worth money right it's kind of not yeah i i do wonder um there recently i feel like there's been a lot of pushback against recycling yeah um due to it being caught not it being costly not really i could see that yeah The, the energy inputs are sometimes higher than the saved outputs i guess so yeah and maybe if like it becomes that outlet for people's guilt and they feel great and pat themselves on the back and they've forgotten about their reduce reuse elements yeah. as well. Yeah. So I I was a little surprised about it, but Yeah. I about just them doing this or the way it was presented? Yeah, yeah, just kind of rethinking should we be paying a company to recycle? Like, are, are we actually doing an environmental positive or is it, should it be more focused on the materials we can recycle? Because I think the, the typical issue with recycling is people just recycle everything. There's like the, the wish cycling. Yeah. yeah. Wish cycling, that's the term. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, this feels like it should be recycled. I left a bunch of guacamole in the bottom, but I think, <laughs> yeah. If it could be recycled, I'll put it in there just in case. Mm-hmm. And someone's got to filter it out, so. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it is a problem. Yeah. But I, I mean, yeah, the other analysis that I was trying to come away with, it, it did look like they were getting more efficient in terms of their personnel. That's what the cost for that was going down over time. But the fleet costs they're referring to, so their trucks and things to collect that, that was going up. So, yeah. Interesting that we were, I think for a while, because there was so little recycling happening that the volume couldn't uh bring in the minimal amount of revenue that it does bring in for the recycling center so we had to make cash payments because we were like below the quota that we were supposed to give them yeah so that's that feels pretty bad (laughs) when that's happening yeah um but that is that passed so that's happening and i think uh, alder halverson also commented to point out it is a you know a regressive tax in the sense that it's not progressive. It's not scaled at all with income and it's going to impact you know, normal people more because it's cutting out of their same budget that they 
you know, use for food and basic living expenses and not affect people with a lot of wealth already as much. Yeah. I mean, if you're on a fixed income, it's going to come out to $48 a year. So it's $4. Yeah. So, you know, that can cut into people's budget. So yeah, it's noticeable. And also I think people just want to pump the brakes on any kind of precedent setting for this sort of thing too. Yeah. Alder Abbas did put a motion to have it only last until 2024, but that was rejected. Yeah. Alder Foster was very uh, flabbergasted by that or frustrated. (laughs) I think to him, he he saw it as like one of the ways people just kind of punt topics. Yeah. Um, We're not going to update Java, it turns out. So we'll see what happens with an unupdated Java. Probably fall asleep in the morning. Yeah, probably fall asleep in the morning. Yeah. Uh, maybe they heard about us drinking tea and got kind of insecure. Yeah. Java? Java? Yeah. Did you, did somebody call for Java? Yeah. Java is the needy coffee mm-hmm. on, on the coffee spectrum. Yeah, it, it definitely is. All right. So, um, yeah, that's it for really that resource recovery special charge. Look out for it. It's coming for you. It will recover you whether you like it or not. Item 96, uh, so they, this has been a topic that's been showed up at the Common Council in a variety of forms, but basically trying to address the problem of we have a lot of men who are experiencing homelessness and we need to support them properly. And we've kind of bounced people around from different temporary solution to temporary solution. So this is uh, the motion that was at hand was to basically pick a specific site that staff had identified and this motion going forward with authorized staff to do the costing for that and start to get bids to do the architecture and build a whole new building and facility for housing people. Yeah, that's major progress considering I think this has been coming up for multiple. I mean, since I've started listening to the podcast, it's been yeah. a hot topic. So. Right. And especially in the winter when people are trying to like burn wood, like stay warm and figure out some kind of solution for that. It's very tricky. Um, the site, it looked like it was a kind of category from carbon four. So it was out there. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't think a ton of stuff is out that way. I wonder, I think there was a McDonald's that closed. So I wonder if that's the site actually. Oh, maybe near there. Yeah. yeah. And I, some, one of the registrants, uh, for public comment was calling in. He really didn't like that. It felt like, you know, Hey, that's not anywhere near any meaningful place where people could be, you know, trying to get work or something like that. So would we be busing people around? Like, I don't actually, I couldn't find any details on whether there's a specific plan for that to do that, or that was just somebody's wild speculation. Yeah, it is right next to MATC. Mm, Yeah. I think it's going to get the bus rapid transit stop. So, okay. So that'd be helpful for kind of connecting people with the rest of the city. Yeah. But I I think, um, I mean, the sad truth, I think Mm -hmm. is, it's been very controversial on every single location. Yeah. And that is pretty far away from most people's constituents. So. And that's why this one probably has a better chance of getting through. Yeah. Yeah. Which is encouraging, honestly. We just need to stop kicking the can down the road and start. Yeah. I'd, I'd say it's better to have a site planned than no site. So. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, that brings us to the first really controversial item. This is the roadway reconstruction for the Lake Mendota Street area. Uh, wow. A lot going on here, Sam. Uh, what stood out to you? Um, so there's a few things going on. I think one is they want to add sidewalks 
to the street. Um, yeah. If you look at it on Google Maps, it's kind of... Or I guess we should, yeah, maybe take a step back for the proposal is resurfacing of the street and making some other changes to the surface. And so you were saying like yeah. sidewalks, okay. Yeah. Adding sidewalks, resurfacing. Mm -hmm. um, and then the, the real controversial one, limiting on-street parking to just one side of the street. I think that was one of the concerns, yeah. yeah. Sidewalks seem to be a big deal too. Yeah, I... It is kind of nice to not walk on a sidewalk. I'm guilty of that when we walk our dogs. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. We, there's a sidewalk right next to us when we walk on the street. And and what's the appeal? It's you get more space. You can walk side by side. Oh, okay. With you, Katie, multiple dogs. Yeah. yeah. On the sidewalk, you have to walk single file, so it's mm -hmm. just easier to talk. Okay. Yeah, I think that was that was some of the anecdotes that people were bringing up. The many registrants with their slide decks coming in to call. Yeah, I, so I, I mean, I can empathize with that point. Um, yeah, yeah, that's fair. It, well, maybe the part of the point is we'd want larger sidewalks or something. But yeah, yeah, I, I think one of the staff folks was very frustrated with that perspective because to them, the walking in the road is not an option for somebody who. Uh, needs like mobility assistance, like a wheelchair or somebody who's blind, they need to have those sidewalks so they have that dedicated separation. Yeah, my my stance on this is if it's a quiet road, I prefer there not to be sidewalks, mm -hmm. but I would not put up a fight to not have sidewalks, if that makes sense. Sure, yeah. So you wouldn't like you you wouldn't move into an area and be like, this sure could use a sidewalk, but but I'm also not going to say this sure as heck can't get a sidewalk keeping that explicit tag off this gotcha yeah okay so yeah no that that makes sense and yeah because I, I think that i mean that's one of the key things is okay you can walk on this and you can be fine but if you are blind or if you're in a wheelchair or it's hard mm -hmm. to walk on the street and I, I think you can appreciate having a sidewalk those conditions especially because i mean if you're cleaning the snow or if it's winter it's just yeah. accessible well, I think that was one of the downsides for the residents, one that only a few of them brought up because I don't think it makes them look as good, is that they'd be responsible for clearing those sidewalks. Yeah, I, that was kind of, it was hard to get a full perspective of what the negatives of it were from the residents' perspective. Mm -hmm. Like, what what's the true why? There's kind of like things people say, but... It, it seemed like a grab bag of things. Um I I did definitely get the impression that the there were things about the way they were communicated with that made them come away subjectively just feeling, which, you know, people's subjective experience is real. <laughs> that yeah. has a real effect on reality. As you can see, it motivates them to call in to meetings. But they felt that they were not listened to, not heard, or even, you know, thwarted by people selectively picking up their signs, like all their Furman having the city pick up their signs. Oh, that, I thought that was funny. Um I had a mentor in college. Mm -hmm. So when I, I worked in Detroit and she would stop on the mediums mm -hmm. and pick up all the, like any sign she saw, any politician, any, really we, we buy gold. Yeah. And she was, that was her thing. She was very mad about that because you're not allowed to put your signs on, on that public placement. Oh yeah. So it's just free advertising. So when they were complaining about this, I, I just, I thought of Pam, um, in a, Pam would disapprove of this. Right, of them putting up signs? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, the Cap Times article, I think I found about it, they were talking about, you know, 
yeah, Furman had like a blog post where he was responding to some of the claims. He didn't really respond to the meeting, which I think is the correct thing. Like it doesn't need to be addressed there, but uh, that he definitely did ask staff to pick up those signs. Um, but yeah, for the reasons you cited that they're not supposed to be there. Yeah. But then people were saying like F-35 signs weren't getting picked up and all that stuff. They've all got to be picked up. Doesn't yeah. matter. No, no selective. Uh, yeah. We, enforcement there. We, uh, uncommon council stance. Uncommon Medi- council. Okay. We're anti-sign now? We're anti-median signs. I'm always trying to build a platform. We could build our platform out of the signs that we pick out of the median. We could uh, start a committee for this. We could start a, a committee. What would be our obscure committee na- name that nobody would join so that we could just be the two people on that committee? Uncommon signs. Uncommon sign. Uncommon sure. sign usage. Uh, yeah, it's making it sound really dry and boring. Yeah. Um, no sign left unattended. Yeah, signage, uh, enforcement, com- committee. Signed. Unsigned by design. Unsigned by design. Actually, that sounds like a jazzy consultancy where you, I don't know, do skywriting or something. So we'll we'll think about that name. Okay, we'll we'll keep knocking that one around. Yeah. the other The other things uh, people were concerned about the environmental impact. Yeah. Um, specifically on there's a well in that area. They were talking about that. Yep. Um, and then additional cement creates additional runoff. Yeah, more runoff. impermeable surface. Yeah, and a lot of those are just, you kind of defer to, I defer to the engineers. Um, they seem to have a pretty good explanation for a lot of it. And, you know, I don't know how well that was communicated with the community members. I'm not sure. Well, some of them repeated back, like the fact that the impermeable surface would actually go down by 5%. So one of the registrants repeated that back kind of, mm-hmm. and he was like, well, I don't care about that. And, but repeated it. So it was a fact that got through to people somehow. Yeah. It, they said that there were, like at least a hundred people on a couple different public meetings. That's what the staff person said. Yeah, which is a pretty remarkable turnout for public. Yeah, it seems pretty. I mean, if it's a if it's the same hundred people, it's not as good. But if it's a if it's theoretically a different hundred people, like that's about the two hundred people that signed the petition against it. So, yeah. and showing up to a meeting and attending that's a lot harder than a petition. Um, the other thing people probably don't like is if you put sidewalks on your street you lose some of your yard potentially. And then you also have to pay for that sidewalk. Right. Which has a cost to them. So I, I mean, if you're against it for that reason, I think that's somewhat fair. Then they kind of muscle you into a weird ethical moral position because then you're the ablest person, not trying to allow somebody who's needs movement, mobility assistance to get through. Um, So that is a weird position. So I think they tried to take the high ground with the environmental perspective. Um, and they kind of upset some some common council members, especially when they were talking about some of the Ho-Chunk Nation, like Hebegy Mounds. Yeah, I think this is um, this is where admitting your ignorance. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know a lot about Native American history in Madison. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something like I, I don't understand. But it, it is concerning when people bring that up as a defense and they're also not in that community. And that, that was what Alder Martin was getting at. Um, right. That, that was actually a very emotional thing from Alder Martin. That from, compared to her usual, yeah. Yeah, so that was, uh, I mean, yeah, essentially citizens saying, you know, we can't build these sidewalks 
because we've already built our house here and there are mounds here. Um, but you know, the city has an um, archeologist on, on staff or was it on consulting to kind of review these areas. This... I think a consultant, yeah, but that they work with when that kind of thing comes up. Like they have a procedure around, we found an artifact or we found something that's worth talking to the Ho-Chunk Nation about, yeah. Yeah, and they like have communication with the Ho-Chunk Nation <clears throat> and there is right. a lot of dialogue that's behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, you know, you know, you know, it's not good to try to bring up another people's culture as your defense for sidewalks. Yeah, I think in, and, and there might be good intent there. It might be like, you know, legitimately, and I, I think I would be concerned about that if I was doing development, but it did feel like, and maybe, yeah, I would say there's probably is some good intent there. And some of the people are just hear it from somebody else. And they're like, what? I can't believe that was overlooked. Right. And yeah. then they're getting, I, and I'm not sure if there's a person somewhere down the line who's like really trying to put together a list or maybe they're putting together the list at 1 AM and their judgment was just like, on this too and then they write that down and suddenly it becomes a thing right without really verifying is this actually a concern yeah, yeah. i sometimes wish people would just ask questions on the, the public comment like interview them as they're just spouting stuff off or what well just say i've heard this is this actually a concern have we communicated with oh that sounds very community. measured sam yeah because interesting um because once it's a we can't do this because of you know the ho junk nation disapproves and then they say well actually right and then well and staff always like all the comments come first then staff talks and they just kind of like you know uh, throw down the gauntlet or whatever i don't know yeah what so, am i trying to say they're just more authoritative because they've actually researched this pretty thoroughly and they know these are not surprise concerns to them none of these catch them off guards so they know what to say yeah yeah um but yeah i probably yeah well we have one more big item i will say oh the resourcing did pass yes it passed 11 to 9 again oh i see so there was a trend of 11 to 9 votes on a lot of these things yeah so maybe those are our blocks i know at one point um somebody was referring to like alder Furman, i think trying to reach across the aisle and i was asking myself what are the aisles why do we have aisles I think it's the 11 to 9 block. Yeah. I just am very confused about what what they have to rally around that is so opposed. It, and it gets mixed on some things, but I think this one, a boss wanted to delay, which I think would have delayed the project for a year. Yeah. Um, right. And then, like, there's different alders, and, and, and so it's somebody else's problem. Yeah, yeah. Furman kind of said, you know, the staff's addressed all these issues Yeah. in a pretty reasonable thing. Why would we delay? I think it's a good question. Yeah. And a bunch of like a bunch of people's staff time and money has gone into this. It's not like no money was spent. Like people had to go look at things. They had to pay engineers for opinions and stuff. Like that's real money when we just like fiddle around with this stuff. Oh, I will say the one, the one last thing. Um, one of the issues was they were switching to one side of street parking. Yeah. In uh, the example given for why that would be an issue was what if I have 50 guests at my house? What if, Sam? What if? Which really got me thinking, like, is this a graduation party? Is this, like, the Sam. socialite of Madison who I'm not invited to? Yeah, like, are they going to invite us to their party? This is a weekly thing. Do mm -hmm. they know you could have the hosts of Uncommon Council at your party? Yeah, I know. We could 
good uh we would walk Can i we... would bike there not even take one of your street parking spots ah i see oh yeah we we would leave them all their parking yeah so but i i did like the diagram of where 30 cars would go on the street if one side <laughs> street parking was a thing i liked that we had diagrams it was i was not expecting so many people with slides and pictures of them and their dog they loved the Put those on there. One person fed up that all the time was taken trying to find the right slide. Yeah. That's another good one. Yeah. Uh, actually, I there was one quote that I really liked from it. Um, there was a commenter who he said, you know, I like our rough road the way it is. Don't yeah. <laughs> he didn't want him to fix the road. Not for any like of these other reasons. Like, why would you make my rough road smooth? Like, well, well it, so. Also, they had a picture of just a massive pothole, which <laughs> yeah. was like going into the woods, essentially. And his example was, why would you change that? That's a natural speed bump. <laughs> uh, there's a pretty good uh, episode of a Canadian comedy called Corner Gas. Have you ever heard of it? No. That's the premise of one of their episodes is that they're trying to fix a pothole, but it is uh, a very beneficial pothole for a lot of reasons. So. Oh, one That's other like, simple premise. One other quote I have to take. Uh, you said flabbergasted earlier. Yeah. Do you know which Alder? Also, you said flabbergasted. Alder Bennett. Alder Bennett. It's an Alder Bennett word. Yeah. Flabbergasted that we're here at one thirty in the freaking morning. Too much of this poppycock. We're we need to get beyond it. Uh, Alder spe- Bennett had some good moods and oh, some oh. good moods. Uh, we do need to move on to the, the endless mood of body-worn camera pilot programs. Um, so uh, I liked that one of the registrants was Dr. Broderick Turner, who seems to actually be a researcher on body-worn cameras. Yeah, he was very informed, knowledgeable. Yeah. Uh, some folks were suspicious of his motives because he's paid by some, or he's like a consultant for some body-worn camera companies. Yeah, there's a body-worn camera company that gives him, I think he said a couple thousand a year. Right. Uh, that was kind of the big criticism against him. Was kind of Which he brought up. He was not, like, nobody had to, like, you know, Nancy drew that out of him. Yeah, it was, it was interesting because he was very transparent about everything. And they said, oh, so you admit this. <laughs> we gotcha. <laughs> and he's like, yes, yes. That's yes. why I said it, yeah. Uh, I yeah, I really felt like I would love to have a conversation with him about a lot of different things. He just seemed to be very straightforward. I liked his point about technology is just technology, and it's not going to be intrinsically good or bad. It is there's deeper, fun, more fundamental problems at play, and that's where you should be really looking if you want to see if it's good or bad. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that that seems like a very fair point. I, I liked, you talked about Alder Benford and his perspective on things. I liked his, he had a question that was, I felt was somewhat related to that. He asked Chief Barnes directly, could you build trust with the community without this money for body-worn cameras? Can you do it without it? Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I I feel like Chief Barnes kind of dissembled a little bit, but he, I mean, he has a perspective of he wants the money for the pilot program well i think alder benford it it was known he was going to vote against this he's been very vocal about his entire right time that he he's against body-worn cameras Mm -hmm. um and so i think chief barnes didn't want to fall straight for that trap oh yeah of of saying oh of course we could do more giving him some ammunition yeah yeah so he kind of said you know 
I he, he kind of said every police department I've been a part of has had body worn cameras and as a way to make human trust or yeah. build community trust. Yeah, that was tricky. I mean, some of the other concerns I think bubbled up that, you know, we've talked about before from different like articles we were trying to read and that other registrants and people that have been come on to speak about this in the past, NAACP representatives. Uh, but part of the case or the concern is that the body more camera footage will just be selectively used. So it will be used against people who don't have power right now, minorities, people of color. Um, it'll just be selectively used when it's going to be harmful for them. And then police will be able to say, ah, there's an ongoing investigation and avoid releasing footage otherwise. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's tricky. I, I think the body worn camera report that was released, which is this is supposed to be modeled on mm -hmm. actually does a really good job of kind of explaining the pros and cons and giving both perspectives. Yeah. Uh, Alder Evers actually even had a comment of, I finally read that report. <laughs> Uh, Fair enough. Which was frustrating because I feel like a lot of the discussion and comments is, well, that was brought up in the report. Is that your, isn't that your job, bro? But yeah, and I, I think some of the issues with the whole implementation are, it seems to diverge a lot from the report in some key ways. Mm -hmm. Like some of it's not the police department's fault. So, for example, having procedures with the independent monitor, yeah, um, to review body cam footage. Mm -hmm. Well, we haven't hired an independent monitor yet, so that's kind of... And why would you? You don't even have the pilot program money set aside, so... Oh, oh no, that's uh, the Police Civilian Oversight Board. Okay, gotcha. Um, they offered someone, and the person they offered declined, so... Ah, uh, okay, they're like... They're scrambling very... to try to hire someone else again. Yeah, they had pretty high expectations for, like, the resume that they wanted to hire for that role, right? Yeah, I think they decided to delegate to a third party to remove okay. the role, but... Makes sense. Yeah, I, I came up with a much better perspective on Chief Barnes. I thought he responded to several of the points in a way that increased my confidence in him and his motives. So. Yeah, I, I think. I mean, he's. I think he's got a PhD, so he's. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, he's a well-researched. He's a scholar. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Um, and a chief, mm -hmm. a chief and a scholar. Yeah, and and I think the point that the uh, doctor broad uh turner made of just like let's get a plan let's figure out what we're going to measure and be ready for it when this happens so we're not just stumbling our way yeah into this pilot program yeah a lot of people say don't put the cart before the horse but i feel like both sides have that opinion where the alders sometimes want them to do all the work before they approve it and yeah. chief barnes says approve it and then we'll start doing this work so Right. Uh, but they ended up approving it 11 to 9. There is still no funding for it. That's continued on the 2023 budget. So Okay. So we'll see. See if that actually happens. Well, that was, a, that was it. That was our marathon, Sam. We have been Uncommon Council. I'm Ben Seidensticker. I'm Sam West. And we cut down a nine-hour podcast to one hour. Meeting, meeting. You're welcome. Good night. Good night.